Get those little dolphin sounds in. Yes, it's a Wednesday. Yes, it's high noon. It's absolutely time for Choose Poetry, Choose Life with our Glasgowians from Scotland, Aaron Gannon and Andy Talbot. Yay! Wednesday is my favorite day. I wrote a new poem. I am very excited. Um, for those of you who listen to the Guest and follow my life in any way, uh, I'm back to write poems about... <laughs> I'm back. I'm back! Um, boy, is it fun to feel feelings. And I've been doing that a lot. Hey, you know what else is really exciting? If you're listening to this podcast and this is the first week of August, starting tomorrow, opening the 6th, is the Oakland Unicorn in Oakland. It's an outdoor comedy venue, totally socially distanced, absolutely safe. And I'm hosting opening night of the Oakland Unicorn, which is tomorrow, the 6th. It's a Thursday. You can get your tickets now at oaklandunicorn.com. It's going to be amazing. Xander Beltran will be headlining. Alyssa Westerland is on the show. She's hilarious. Kabir Singh is going to be headlining on Saturday. I will be hosting for that. Sam Carroll's on the bill. You, uh, Some of the Mutiny Radio favorite comics are going to be at the Oakland Unicorn thanks to Frosty Nugs and Soul Sausage Presents putting the Oakland Unicorn together. So that's exciting. Uh, enjoy this music in the fills. It's Kope, the Japanese Bjork. That's what happens every Wednesday on the AltaCast. I am so excited to hear all the poetry tonight. I hope there's a lot of love poetry. I'm in the mood. I gotta tell you what. I'm in the mood. So, and I hope all our favorites are back. Uh, Fiona, Jane, and Ken, and and the guy that does the. The kid, the kid, the stories up and up and round and round and up and up and round and round and down and down and down. Oh god, that was so funny the other week. Alright, enjoy some music. We'll be right back.
All righty. We're plugged yep. in. We're live on uh, Mutiny Radio, and it's Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Andy Talbot and Aaron Gannon. Oh, and all the regulars. Yay, yay, yay. Oh, there's your Bruce, buddy. There's Bruce. your Bruce. The new guy, Bruce, is in the waiting room Bruce saying, hey, oh, there we go. All right. Like I just need to send a link. Um. I have it. Do you need me to give it to you? Oh, no, it's all good. Uh, there we go. Holly, I'm loving the new hair. Thank you. I just got it done today. Oh, that is pretty. Oh, really? Badly in need of doing. <laughs> yeah, my Oh, that is bright. Bright, lovely. Thanks for thanks cool. for liking all my jokes, Stephanie. Stephanie um, has been liking <laughs> all of my one-liners. I've, I'm trying to write a one-liner a day my on my Facebook. Really I'm trying not to sit and keep you noticed. And that, it, that it's exciting that you that you've been thinking that my stuff is funny. That makes me really really happy. Yay! Yay! All the regulars are here. Yay! It's a Wednesday. Yay! Bruce. Hello. Yeah, hi. Did you want to go first? If I can, yeah, just so I can get back to parenting. <laughs> no, that's great. You can totally do that. Um, Andy, I'll let you conduct that whole situation. Yeah, sweet. So, um, I know a lot of you have been here before. If you haven't, this is Choose Portly, Choose Life. We're here every Wednesday at 8. Hi. Hello. I was doing the wave. Um, yeah, we don't really have rules. We do, but they should really go without saying. Um, We're not going to tell you what they are. <laughs> We're just going to kick you out randomly. Like, if you say the wrong thing, you're gone. Um, no, basically... We're the point like, system. Yeah. <laughs> We're behaving. Um, I don't know, if you don't get it... Like, basically, this is what I'm going to say. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, if you do anything that you don't think is dickish, and it is dickish, We'll call you out on that shit, but yeah, basically, don't be homophobic, don't be transphobic, don't be anti-religious, don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. It's just no hate speech. Don't talk down. Um, introduce yourself. Introduce with your pronouns. Um, if anyone does happen to get them wrong, please correct them. And that goes for anyone. If anyone, you know, don't be a dick about it. This is a recurring theme. I, I don't even have any dick forms, but I might write one. Um, yeah, just, yeah, bring it up. Um, but this is a safe space and everyone's welcome. Unless you're a dick. Um, I'm going to put the first person on because I don't think I've said dick this much in my life. Also, um, before you go, um, mutiny. Yes, I got distracted by dick. Story of my life. <laughs> oh, the story of my it life. Happened. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so we are live on Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Um, we do on our page. Yes, hosted by Pam. It was fucking amazing, by the way. Stephanie is apparently not here, and now she's here again. That's cool. Um, yeah, so Mutiny Radio, we've been on there now for, feels like, months. a long Months, beautiful, time. wonderful yeah. months. It's been so much fun. But on our website... Um, where you all signed up, I assume. Uh, we have a donate link for Mutiny Radio because 
they need funds to keep going and we want them to keep going. Yay, and yay. Yeah. If you can spare anything or you can share it about, that is fucking cool. So please do that. Um, and this is the longest tonight I've gone without saying that word, so I'm going to introduce the first person. <laughs> and it is Bruce Davidson. Hello, hello. Hello. So, I've just been, I haven't wrote, I go by bonus to Rhymer as well, in case you want to check it out anywhere. Um, I haven't wrote in a little while during all this lockdown and someone got in contact with me kind of wanting to work together. So he sent me instrumentals and I've wrote them. So I'm going to do what I've wrote to them as best I can, literally within the last day or two. So I don't know them at all. But I'll start off with this one. <clears throat> Sick of the shit. We're living too quick. No analytics to justify it. Like a pig in some shit. We're happy to live. Don't be too vocal or muted real quick. But what can I say? It's all pay to play. Profit's the master of modern day slaves. All this comes faster than light on some waves. Head for disaster, then say it's okay. Just play by our rules like jesters and fools. Then think for yourself. Just do what we do or do what we say. Don't do it your way. Aim to conform. Don't rise up in rage. But I'm raging. So I scratch upon my page and my anxiety goes away when I call bullshit on this blatant. Draconian system controlling our living, excluding and distant, dividing God's children, deceitful, no vision, just hoping and wishing that one day we will stop our bitching and fall back into line. I think it's past that time. It's time to take what's mine. The meek we are divine. So that was the first one. And then second one, honestly, I can't even remember what I wrote, so bear with me, but. Across the pond, as I finally touch the land, I look into the sky, I need a guiding hand. I'm lost with no direction and we're facing demise. I want to see around corners, so I'm never surprised. I need to feel secure, but no reassurance given. We're all pawns inside this game. What's the fucking point in living? We play by others' rules with no sight or intuition, so I get onto the mic just to share my inner vision. I think we're all fucked unless we make some big decisions, cast the chains of former masters and ditch consumerism, Treat everyone as equals and start living for the moment. Grab life tight by the balls and know we really own it. Never pander to no other, never give them any ground. Take two pennies from a pocket and turn them to a pound. Take two seeds from rotten products and seedlings with shoeless sprouts. Don't trust what others promise, know that words are only sounds. So take a break and breathe. Trust your gut and you'll see that the only way to progress is to have some trust in we. We are the collective. We are unified in life. We fight while others fall, or we are kings without the crown. We're not silent any longer. We're not here to fuck around. We're entitled to some freedom. We're going to take it now. And that's what I've got for you tonight. So, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. That was awesome. I um, turned my camera off because I, um, I had to send a message, but I was fucking bopping away. I'm glad the camera was off. I looked like a twat. Um, but uh, that was really good. I enjoyed that. Um, so, let's thank you very much. I'm getting half followed as well. Thank you, and I will be back with much more time for everyone else as well. Is there? Is anyone? Uh, does it get put up online anywhere so I can watch everyone else after? Yes, um, Pam. Pam takes care of that normally. Perfect. Um, There's a podcast Pam, if online. You message, if, even if you could send it to my email, just because I only found it through Andy. I actually think I found it through your page on Facebook. So I don't mm. follow the actual Facebook page. Right. Uh, we don't have a Facebook page, but basically what happens is Pam 
post it's not a video it's just radio yeah it's just audio but i yeah, post the file audio. so she posts the p3 file so we can send that to you amazing amazing thank you very much thank you have a good evening folks bye thank you Bye. 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 AJ, are you good to go next? Yep. Hi. I'm um, sorry. I'm I'm still trying to work out what to do. Um, no, no, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. Um. Cool. Uh, let's have a look at the list of who's here. Uh, okay, so next we're going to go to cast. So hopefully they're ready. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Uh, it's been a while. I've missed you all. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, I go by cast now. Sorry. That's a startling change. <sighs> right. So news i've been working with an editor recently on some poetry so i've got some new stuff i guess um we're mostly doing page stuff because i'm hoping to get like a collection together at some point but uh, i can i can i can say out loud as well it's fine mm -hmm. anyway i'll start with uh what i think is the sadder one uh this is an instruction manual on how to love someone who can't love themselves. Or assemble as instructed. <laughs> Step one, remove all outer packaging and lay the pieces out on an even surface. You should know what you're dealing with before you start assembly. One, a people will tell you that you can't love someone else before yourself, but that isn't true. Though I do envy those that get to be their own first love. Step two, separate the pieces into groups. Take care not to cut your fingers on the sharp ones. You may need to glue a couple back together. Two B, I have attachment issues. Step three, refer to the diagram for base assembly. You will need, a, you'll need to return to this later. A strong foundation is important. Three C, I have an irrational fear of being boring. I'm not gonna stop thinking of things for us to do even if I tire myself out. Step four, try your best not to get frustrated when the parts you add on don't stick too well or fall off. Progress isn't linear. For D, I will almost certainly tire myself out. I think what I need is patience. Step five, this kit, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> this kit will pine for you. Indulge it, but not too much. Know your boundaries. 5E, e, I'm going to apologise for everything. I like to think that it's not as bad when I'm around you. Step 6, during assembly, the time you put in is directly proportional to what you get out. 6F, sometimes hours will feel like days. Step 7, make sure you return to the foundation. Constant maintenance is necessary. 7G, I never said this would be easy. I know I'm not easy. I wouldn't blame you if it was a run at this point. Step eight, if the build isn't to your liking, be prepared to deconstruct and start over. The pieces are reconfigurable. Eight, H, G, 
change is a pin pressed to my palm. I grit my teeth and pull. Step nine, this manual is incomplete. Revise steps one to eight as needed. Agonize over further steps on the blank pages provided. Step nine, I, thank you. Um, cool. So that was fun. Uh, I slipped up a bit there, but hey, first time reading that out loud. That was cool. Anyway, yeah, cool. Okay, second one. Um, I was wrong. This is definitely sadder. Content warnings for uh, discussion of suicide. Um, yeah, I think that's the only issue in there. Yeah, content warning, suicide discussion. This is to conquer writer's block. I am stuck. 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 Am I stuck? It's tricky, see. There's no map for your own head. No key you can turn to escape. So I'm trapped like a gin. I'm suffocating in a bottle. I get out for a few seconds for some task or another, and I'm sucked back into fester until I'm needed. To conquer writer's block. Try writing the same few words over and over until your brain gets bored and decides to write something new. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, fighting a struggle like this requires willpower unparalleled. Dedication and motivation and other things I don't have because like a broken record, I've grown up forced into second best and shoved back down whenever I thought I was making progress. I didn't know any better, so like a broken record, I got on with what other people wanted. Apparently, the want to kill yourself isn't high risk enough, which makes me, you guessed it, want to kill myself. But I guess since I haven't done it yet, it must not be that bad. It must all be in my head. It must be a figment of my own imagination. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I'm not real. I'm a walking, solipsistic, existential nightmare, and I just want to wake up. It gets really trippy when I play The Sims until the sim dies and I'm left with an empty house inside of my empty house. And as the cavern of my chest aches with a dull echo of life, I follow the sound to try to locate the source, but instead there's just a wheezing, rattling husk of what I know is my own happiness, covered in the scars of damage that I have wrought. Cause it's all in my head, isn't it? To conquer writer's block, Try writing the same few words over and over until your brain gets bored and decides to write something new. Thanks. <sighs> Loads of new stuff tonight. It's great. I wrote that in 2018 and then left it half edited until last week. That was amazing. Anyway, I've got one so more for good. you tonight. This is less sad. This is more angry because... God, I have a bit of that. This is a spell to banish Boris Johnson. Yeah. You play God with a superstructure that is beyond your understanding. It is clear that it is beyond your understanding. You think less than 1% of the vote gives you freedom from care, though you took offence when Brown succeeded Blair. So now you're stuck. 
hanging in midair. With every broken promise you never intended to keep and the shattered futures that come from your failure to reap, the credit is the hallmark of your anthem. But you cannot hold this country to ransom because you're not getting what you want, it's precedence. Your empire will crumble at the feet of your arrogance and you will know that we did this. With this disparagement, you'll realize you shouldn't have tried playing with lives. In this fight for survival, we do the only thing we've learned to. Through a decade of austerity and a war on our kind, we fight. With centuries of activists at our backs, it is a decade-long roar in our chests. I call upon the righteous fury of the downtrodden and oppressed. We will not rest. We will not rest. I said we will not rest. So with my anger, I hold you accountable. With my eyes, I bear witness. And with my breath, I cast you out. This is not the place for you, and it is time for you to leave. So mote it be. Mm. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks for having me. I really like the new ones. Yeah. Been awesome. I can't believe that second one from like what 2018. It's crazy. No, oh, thank you for that. That was awesome. Yeah, right, this. I don't think the next person's here. Uh, no, they are not. Sweet. So Luke isn't here. Still he isn't here. Cool. That's the first half done. No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, my phone's gone off. Brilliant. Sweet. Uh, let's see. Right. You're up next. Clive, are you good to go? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Right. I've got a bit of a mixture. Nothing too heavy or serious. Uh, but uh, the first couple were written at roughly the same time, and it probably shows in the, the flow and the style, but they are different subjects. So, so the first one is called Special Relationship, and we all know all about that, don't we? Bigoted bullying ever fully compassed mentis. We should worry. No Eisenhower, drunk on power, Trump terror, golden shower, backstabber, pussy grabber, king of senseless jibber jabber. Racist branded, hand shanded, losing ease his brain expanded. Lucid moments, very fleeting, worth incoherent, childish tweeting, worthless punk, piece of junk, bigly waste of daddy's spunk. Simpleton, moron, orange chump, total fox stomp Donald Trump. Boris Johnson, full of nonsense, idiot at party conference, belly arse wipe, yikes and cripes, Jesus Christ on a Boris bike, zip wire, pants on fire, serial cheese, habitual liar, hair as scary as the Trump, Tory members took a dump, loud disturbance, rumours rife, another night of domestic strife. Number 10 is in the bag, quite the place for a crafty shag with someone's wife, oh what a wag, duplicitous, disgraceful, fucking toe rag. Thank you. So that's the first one. Uh, the next one is um, sort of similar rhythm, etc. Um, I've changed my mind at the last minute what to do, so I've just got this up on a different screen. And right, and one or two of you may have heard this one. It's called Possibly Unsuitable Children's Stories. Mm -hmm. Humphrey, the chunky West Country monkey, had on comfy rumpy pumpy with the grumpy numpty humpty dumpty. 
Andy Pandy was feeling Randy, but Miranda Panda wasn't handy. He got turned down by Sexy Sandy, who branded him as Nambi Pambi, so Ham Shandy was fine and dandy. SpongeBob SquarePants had some bants with a man from France, but the man from France started to rant and at a glance produced a lance. Poor mm -hmm. Bob cracked, capped his pants and ended up in an ambulance. Postman Pat had a secret stash of lots of smack and crack and hash. He was a very brash chap who got into scraps when ate on the lash and only his cat knew he was EDL fast trash. Tom and Jerry got very merry on a bottle of sherry and jumped on the ferry to County Kerry. Tom felt a rumbling in his belly, Jerry's legs turned to jelly, and he ended up in peri-peri. Rupert the bear had a bit of a scare, he ripped himself open on a broken chair, and they tried to stuff him with Donald Trump's hair. But the glare he gave and said, don't you dare, I'd rather be dead than have any Trump in there. And Stormy Daniels agrees, to be fair. All children's heroes have an alternative story, some full of glory, some pretty gory. What they never told you, on Jack and Ori, was Peppa Pig's grandma got shagged by a Tory. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I've got two more. The next one uh, is uh, slightly different uh, to them. Uh, if I can just get rid of that and find myself back on Zoom somehow. Uh, there you go. Right, the next one is um, it's the story of Bill. Now, Bill, uh, you don't want to be like Bill, because Bill is what we were talking about earlier, really. He's a dick. Uh, so, yeah, um, Bill had nothing until that fateful night. Picked up butts in search of a smoke, went to the food bank, but would still laugh and joke about how one day he would take flight, make a fortune and see his mates right. Then he found a tenor in the street and still swears to this day he didn't nick it, even though I was a tenor light. Bought himself some fish and chips and spent the rest on a lottery ticket. Euro millions multi-rollover week is always appealing when your life is so bleak you even steal a copy of the mail or the sun simply to wipe your bum and that's the only highlight when you're up shit creek. Well, bugger me with a cricket stump. He only went and bloody won it. Found himself on an easier wicket and started smashing old friendships for six as he decided what to do with it. Mega money changes things, corrupts the mind, and Bill changed more than most. Would boast he was more refined as his purpose in life was redefined. That's what he liked to think. And if being refined is buying posh cutlery and getting gardeners, cooks and butlers in, wiping your arse on real currency, dressing like an eaten twat in a top hat and cravat, then he made it, didn't he? He learned to talk like Jacob Rees-Mogg, so sounds like a prat when he opens his gob. But sometimes, when upper-class twits, with upper-class twits, he forgets and says fuck and shit to the fucking shits. He plays polo and croquet, but is a football fan and remembers his time on the terraces. He wears a tox to the local pub, but the coarseness is all he inherited. His political discourse is quite absorbing. He claims admiration for Jeremy Corbyn, but when the time comes, he votes for the Tories because he'll never be one of us again. He drives a Bentley, but goes on the bus to visit his mum on the council estate because the plebs he grew up with drive battered old bangers. Oh, yeah, and they burnt his Ferrari to win the debate. Mm -hmm. He is the man between two stools, too clever in his head for working class fools, too rough and ready for snobs and toughs who fob him off as a commoner who eats from a trough. He got lucky, grew too big for his boots, 
got the cash, but not the class. Tried to be flash, denied his roots, and ended up a pseudo upper class twat. And there's no bigger knob than a working class snob who will never do it proper. So get your head from up your arse and raise your mum, your tosser. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I've got one more, which again is a bit different. Um, this is um, based on a fictional mate who's got no interest in poetry whatsoever. But for something to do during lockdown, he, he watched an event and he saw somebody reading Wordsworth's most famous poem. And he really liked it. Uh, but unfortunately, he had a really dodgy internet connection and he misheard quite a lot of it. So this is uh, Wordsworth's most famous poem as transcribed by somebody on a poor Zoom link. I blundered lonely as a cloud that floats on high after taking pills when all at once I saw a crowd of drunken dogs in espadrilles. Beside the lake, beneath the fleas, they licked their balls, which taste of cheese. Conspicuous as the stars that shine, they tinkled on the Milky Way. They peed in never-ending line, but saved the Mars bar for another day. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, cocking legs in a frightful dance. The crazed green bison danced, but they outdid it with a farting spree. I know I took some pills today, but drunk dogs are fun company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought of the wealth of snow I had to snort. Now oft when, I, when on the couch I lie in vacant or in pensive mood, bears clapping in a lizard sky, the cannabis of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills at drunken dogs in espadrilles. Thank you very much. Thank you, Clive. Thank you. Ah, thanks for coming. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm still enjoying it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all shit from now on. Like, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Erin? Yeah. Well, so what I was thinking is because Four people from the first half haven't turned up. Yeah. Um, maybe go to music? Now? Or do you Is want me to too go? early? Uh, or you can go. I'm... I can go. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Okay. Um, mama, mama. What was I going to do? Okay. Um, so first... Hi, everybody. Um, I have... A poem that I think maybe well this it's it's supposed to go to a song, but I feel like that's too it's supposed to like be performed in tandem with a song, but like I haven't I just wrote it, so I haven't done that yet, and I feel like I shouldn't like it freaking improv that on you guys, so I'm just gonna read the actual poem um okay, so it's called no expectations accepted. How did I see this future, these lines and their melodies? I laid this scene like a palm reader, grooves and veins, maps of arteries, lines, line our hands, chicken scratchings. They were here already. Did I say she was driving a car? I don't drive. I lived in an ashtray. It didn't occur to me to clean it when she came over, up all night with the lucky strikes, in bed all day with the shakes and the Tom Ka chicken soup. Did she ask me to get in that car? 
I fumbled with my kit, the spoon and the needle, the foil, this way. I made another misunderstood mixed tape. I had a bright hope at the time, a brightly high understanding. I invented the car. I knew exactly what color to make it. Floated through, twisting knobs, tweaking levels, the amniotic headphones, I don't remember. The pick on the E string, I don't remember. Singing like heroin that morning or the smell of the 57 mic. I wasn't going to give her a choice about letting me in the car. I had something grander for down the line this way. My four track self might just get lucky. I laid the vocals down. They formed clear rivulets, filling those pre-existing canyons with streams, swelling at preordained bottlenecks. They were lustrous black ink in the palm of her hand. She loved me already. I just made sure she wouldn't get distracted. No one was innocent. So that's that poem. Maybe next week I'll do it like with the music. I'll, like we'll see what happens, how like the lyrics go. And I like, well anyways, we'll see what I do. Maybe I'll share the screen. Um, okay, and then I thought that since the Go-Go's documentary is out, um, I would uh, do a poem about the Go-Go's <laughs> called While Listening to the Go-Go's. I used to play the saxophone back when we got the beat was big. My carpet was a hot pink shag and I had a white round table that I'd stand on with it. I'd push at its golden buttons with my little fingers bending back and down at the waist trying to be soulful. It was heavy to carry home and my mother always forgot what day I had practice. At school, my instructor was an idiot boy who had really big lips. He was a trombone player. And he only taught us songs like, My Country, Tis of Thee. So finally, the sax just sat in the closet. There it held up a flat piece of wood, making the desk where I wrote all my private letters on my new cool stationery. Every line of the page was a different shade of pastel colored pencil. I stared at Belinda Carlisle for half hour stretches. She had three earrings in each ear. I remember an article about punker runaways in Hollywood. A girl with platinum and black hair put a cigarette out in the palm of her hand. There was a picture of a boy with a safety pin through his cheek. These things gave me a sour, tingly feeling near my intestines. Playing dress up has always been my favorite thing to do. Anne came in here just now and told me how she thinks poetry is subjective. Tell us something we don't know, motherfucker. I spend too much time trying to get into other people's heads. I'd started in my mother's bed, rubbing her feet with Vaseline and avoiding the thick black stubble on her ankles. My dad says he married his mom because she, or my mom because she had nice legs or only when you're drunk and he's drunk and you ask him about six times, he'll stop snorting nervously and say, it just clicked. What does that mean? He and my mother are ill-fitting puzzle pieces in that case, but he doesn't see it. All his ends are numb, so he doesn't feel it either. Today, I hate men. Tomorrow, I'll hate women. They all wear too much cologne. Then, going with the music theme, I have one called While Listening to Steve Earle. Kick the clutch into second and yawn. Early morning thrills, follow the gentle slope, throttle down upper Newtonards. 
have you taken the right fork in the road? Try to go home. Try not to get lo lost in toy store cathedral quarter, zipping the wrong way down one-way streets. The grand buildings with their warehouse interiors polished, then brushed for faux wear and tear. We are authentically inauthentic. We've reached that level of meta. Belfast is no tabula rasa. It starts on the eighth floor, so why not? Anyways, for now, Belfast looks like a bowl that's serving good sky. No fog today, no guarded buzzing sun. This is proper wizened old man clouding. Keep your eyes on the road, girl. It's not full of kindly ex-lovers, benevolent, benevolent and indulging. It only takes one jerk off to take you down or worse over. Weren't you happy mere seconds ago? Weren't you living for the what seemed like the first time since San Francisco? Didn't it feel like the road and its rush hour were so smooth, so all part of the plan? Dress blues under the sun seems so easy when it puddles in your chest like an internal gunshot wound, the blood so cool. There's fuck all to do, but keep both wheels on the road and let it in. Thank you. Um, I just muted myself for no reason. What do you want to do, Andy? Should like, do you want to take a break or do you? Yeah, I think AJ is gonna go next. If that's oh, cool. cool. Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, sorry. Um, I didn't realize what time it was, so it took me a while to um, to get uh, it's all good. something all good. together. So I'm going to start. Um, so last week in the UK, um, we had, I don't know if they're the New Year's on, well, they're, they're obviously not the New Year's on his list, but the the government put forward several people to be made peers, to be put in the House of Lords, and one of them was a former cricketer called Ian Botham, who I have a poem about, and so I thought it would be uh, suitable to do that today. So this is a poem called What Botham Believes, which is based on an interview he gave prior to the Brexit referendum, in which when he was asked for his opinion, Ian Botham, the cricketer, came out with the phrase, I believe that England is an island. England, not Britain. So I decided to write something trying to get in the head of uh, Ian Botham, and this is, this is my attempt. I believe that England is an island, that Europe is a planet, that space is a country, that black hole is something you can't say these days, that all holes matter, that Britain is a rocket ship disguised as a dropping balloon, that flags are magic, that sometimes you just don't see another white face that my black friends don't secretly say I'm a racist, that women don't roll their eyes when I say no one loves them more than me, that there is no smoke without fire, 
but two sides to every tango, depending on how well I knew the accused, that we all know what flamboyant means, that they would say that, wouldn't they? I believe that England is an island. I don't believe that global warming means the seas will rise. And so the second poem I wanted to do tonight is another thing that's been in the news recently over here is that the government is going to make studying poetry optional on the um, the English GCSE course. So you'll be able to pass an exam in English at school without ever doing any poetry. Now, I feel like that's not a good idea. Um, and I don't really know what to say about that, but I thought I might, you know, I might do a poem by someone else that I've always liked and it's one of those things where take, saying why I like it would take too long to explain, but I don't think I would have, without one of my educators pointing me in the direction of Tom Gunn's work, I'd never have came across Tamer and Hawk. So this is that poem. I thought I was so tough, but gentled by your hands, cannot be quick enough to fly for you and show that when I go, I go at your commands. Even in flight above, I am no longer free. I am blind to other birds. The habit of your words has hooded me. As formerly, I wheel, I hover and I twist, yet only want the feel in my pathetic thoughts of catcher and of caught upon your wrist. You but half civilize, taming me in this way. Through having only eyes for you, I fear to lose. I lose to keep and choose tamer as prey. And yeah, um, so the last poem I'm going to do is a poem of mine called Volumnia. Um, I may have done this here before, I don't know, but I've just, I felt like I wanted to read it lately. I feel the same nerves on your mat that I feel at my therapist's door. Tap, you say, the moment that you feel it. You'll hurt a lot tomorrow if you don't. You ask me what I like. I try to sound blasé when I tell you I like to be choked. You nod. You choke me, roll me, pin me like a schoolgirl. Tell me I need to be less diffident to try to fight instead of rolling with you. I look down at my body, say I'm worried that I'll hurt you. You move my hand back to your shoulder and say, try.
and that's me for tonight, I think. Thank you. Thanks. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Could, that could you hear that? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. I just had this sudden... <laughs> I'd be mute the whole time. Oh, I um, I did that before we um, before I let everyone in. Like, I was talking for ages and I was muted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, um, but no, thank you. That was brilliant. I really, that final one, I absolutely loved that. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks. Um, so, yes, Erin, do you want to introduce the music? Where's Erin gone? Yeah, I was just talking while I was muted. Oh, it's a thing. Because that's how I roll. I think, you know what, I just always think I'm going to be loud enough to overcome the fact that I'm muted. Um, Morgan, are you there? Hey. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? I'm You're wearing gone. my Drunken Prayer t-shirt. Can you see? What? <laughs> I don't know. I think I got this t-shirt in 2007. That sounds about right. In San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Morgan is transcontinental sleaze, right? <laughs> yeah, back when I was touring. <laughs> well, in the sense that like there's Asheville, you're in Asheville and then you're in Portland and then like it seems like you are. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I pretty much in Asheville when, uh, when the COVID hit. So still here, I had been going back and forth between Portland and Asheville. Oh, gotcha. um, pretty pretty evenly. Okay. Um, it doesn't make any sense to drive across the United States right now. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but um, I would like to. Well, so yeah, so I like if you all y'all remember Mike D, Michael Dean Damron that was here a couple weeks ago. Um, Morgan was his he had a solo band for a while and Morgan was his lead guitar player. And so that's right. how I ended up partying and listening to the faces with you um and then yeah and so and you have mucho albums out i'm gonna send an email out on tomorrow with like contact info for everybody and where you can buy cds and stuff but um i don't know do you want to say anything about your music or you just want to go in and um slam i'll, them? I'll just go in i mean like I'll, um <laughs> You know, it's hard not to be affected by uh, wor world events, and um, a lot, a lot of my, at least my more recent stuff is, is more affected by my uh, what's what's on the outside than necessarily what's what's on the inside. Inside, yep. but it's gotten a little more just because you know I'm dealing like we all are. So, um, so I'll just play a play a few songs, two or three. Yeah, yes, three's great. Okay. Cool. she could fly she believed it up until the day she tried rock and roll could not control her poly life she always remembered to ride home 
rubble and dust. The angels do not trust us anymore. She throws her arms around me and says, How I live matters more than what I believe. She believes we're gonna be forevermore. Somewhere between the bar stool and the floor. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? Here's the door. In between the bar stool and the floor. Rubble and dust. The angels do not trust us anymore. From the dark end of history, she's singing, How I live matters more than what I believe. I believe. And the congregation feeds on bread. And a rose at a rest stop somewhere south of Bend. You ask yourself, would you do it again? Let's not, let's not say we did. Spare the ride. And spoil the kid. Rubble and dust. The angels do not trust us anymore. The last thing that she told me, she said, How I live matters more than what I believe. I believe. I guess I can say a little bit about some of these songs. That last one was written, The Rubble and Dust was written um, right after listening to uh, Obama's last speech in office in a traffic jam in Los Angeles. The term rubble and dust kept coming up. I kind of wrote around that. Um, this next one is uh, roughly, I guess, about uh, the pricing out of artists and in general working in, in uh, not working class even people out of their uh, their towns um, being forced out of the creative centers of towns that used to support the arts. Um, so anyway, this is roughly written with uh, Portland, Oregon in mind and uh, Asheville, North Carolina, which is kind of a similar place, but it's happening all over. Mm -hmm. 
I hate what they did to my town, so I moved to another town. I hate what they did to my town, so I moved to another town. This old house where we grew up is not our Silent claps are the best. 
All right, we're gonna do one more. Does that work? to sing my country deservedly walking on the fighting side of me i was a, a puppet on a string in a world full of string you better watch what you're looking for wrap your hands around a two by four are you ready to go door to door because it happens all the time it happens all the time. I used to pray the garden would not grow, but there's a wildfire going where the hot winds blow, and then it's hard for me to understand. The blood on the hands of my countryman, you better watch what you're looking for. Wrap your hands around a two by four. Are you ready to go door to door? Cause it happens all the time. It happens all the time. I don't wanna take my life in my hand. Every time I have to talk to the man. But it happens all the time. It's your job, it's my life. I go to jail, you go home to your wife, and then you try and kill the rest of the day. While I waste away, you better watch what you're looking for. Wrap your hands around a two by four. Are you ready for a civil war? Cause it happens all the time. 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 I love the kind of 60s Brit pop feel to police violence song. <laughs> well, you know, it's that's so awesome. Bad news in a pretty package. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah like do you have anything that you want to hawk like in particular um those three songs are on the the newest record okay that I, that I have out um i was in the middle of recording uh in new mexico when like when all this hit so I've, it's it slowed things down as far as like making new music but slowly but surely um so the last record came out last year in 2019 um, and those last three songs were on there. So that's basically, basically what I'm hocking. It's exactly what I'm hocking. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to talk about Drunken Prayer at all? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I was uh, living on the West Coast in Northern California. I was born in San Francisco. Um, and uh, I got into a, a, to make a short story long, I uh, ended up befriending Tom Waits in uh Sebastopol. In, yeah, Sebastopol, Sonoma County. And uh, we, we started talking about the 
the um, playing playing mu playing music as if it was gospel music. When like country and blues people would put out gospel music, they would uh, they always had like an extra kick in their step, kind of you know. There's just kind of that idea of not really playing within a genre except for under this kind of um, kind of universal guidance of, of just uh, music in general for the, the kind of miraculousness of it. Um, so um, moved up to Portland from there, found some people to play with, and uh, was actually playing gospel music in these biker bars. And so the name Drunken Prayer kind of worked for that. And as it evolved into basically, it's me. And then I have bands on the West Coast and bands on the East Coast. And in between, I, I play solo and I, I call it all Drunken Prayer. And weren't you, didn't you play, like, weren't you, was it last year that you were in Ireland? And last Yeah, year? I was, with, we, uh, the, I was opening for uh, the Handsome family and playing a couple of songs with them. And we went, we went all over, um, well, it was with Freakwater in Ireland and then Handsome family in Scotland okay. and England. Uh, and that was pretty nonstop over the course of about, about two and a half years. Right. It's kind of crap that I didn't actually go get to see you. It was so close. So like I'm close. here. Like I, I enjoyed it. I when I was in Edinburgh, my uh, my cousin teaches teaches there, and I don't know what the name of it, but at the top of some super high mountain, we took a hike. It was like two hours first thing in the morning, but we got to see all of Edinburgh pretty much. Right. <laughs> so, all right. Like I thought you were gonna like. Was there some question that you were, might move to Ireland or something? Oh, I wanted to right after this. Still do right after the election. Oh. Um, I was, just, I was like, we have to get out. We have to get out of here <laughs> now. So you know, like, and it's, uh, it's uh, yes, uh, uh, Arthur's seat. That's where we were. So my, um, oh wow, yay! Um, that was a hell of a hike too. After after a show, <laughs> it was fun. But yeah, we we would still like to move to, to Ireland if we could figure, if we could figure out how to do it. We'd be there. I would rent this place out here in a heartbeat. Right. So we I, I enjoyed Kilkenny and Waterford. We spent most time around there. Right on. Did you play Belfast at all? Uh, no. Where, where did I play? Where's the biggest city you played in Ireland? Northern Ireland. Um, I thought you were in Belfast. Maybe, maybe it was Belfast. What, what I feel like just because for, uh, for whatever reason, Belfast seems to get like, like the last, I think the last show I went to in Belfast was... Uh, like almost a year ago mm -hmm. and it was Alejandro oh yeah they fucking love Alejandro there and they loved and like Chuck Prophet they love Chuck Prophet like I mean it's just like this kind of they know they're sort of Americana let's say yeah and so I was just like so it would surprise me if the if in Belfast Ad, like the handsome family didn't have a following yeah that, that kind of almost kind of bare knuckled Americana yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. trying to think where where all we played. It would it would have been with Freakwater in, in Ireland. What's the uh, we we played in Dublin, right? Yeah. Um, and then up in Glasgow with uh, the Hampton family. See, like for me and for like you, there's a couple like you and Mike D. I feel like the you're like there's a natural audience for you guys here. So yeah. that's I'm really excited to have. I did. I did really well. That you know that that song Cordelia that I did. Um, I had um, a couple of people come up to me, like all, from all over. Just was like, "Ah, oh, you've been reading me mail." <laughs> like, I get it. It's happening everywhere. You know, scooping out of the middle class. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I guess we're gonna go on a break now. 
and then we'll come back at like 9.20 and finish off. Yeah. Like, I guess some people have showed up. Maybe we'll, people will go again. Pam still has to read. Andy still has to read. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to read this week as well. Like, written uh, something for the first time in a month. So, like, obviously, like, you're welcome to stick around. I'm going to get a glass of wine and have a smoke. But thank you so much for playing with us. Thank you. It's, it's an honor. For us. You're so, so talented. <laughs> um, it was a pleasure. I'm glad to see that you're doing well. You too. All of you. All okay. of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's great to see you again. Um, like, I still have, I still sometimes listen to this record, actually, because it's really the first one is not bad. Yeah, yeah probably yeah. to tell that. Yeah, I, I have I, it. I, I have it like in my um, like I because I ripped it into like on it's in my Google Drive from uh -huh. whenever I burned it. Remember when you asked to like you fucking burned? <laughs> <laughs> right. Still from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll I'll, I'll 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 send you um some downloads if you if you want. Oh, cool. or, or just go Send to Spotify. Send me some downloads. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go smoke. Morgan, here you got to gotta send me some downloads at Mutiny Radio. I want to play you here at the oh, station. You, you got it. You're still in SF, right? On. So come on down. Throw yeah, me a CD. That, that was really, it. really great. Uh, is, Twitter, is Twitter the best way of getting in touch with you? No, no. Uh, usually, uh, funny enough, a Facebook messenger. I'm an old lady. I just can't yeah. get with these new fandangled things, these kids these days yeah. with the Instas and the... I don't get it. But yeah, send me some music. Ticket I'd love to play it. Yeah, they're ticking and talking, and I don't even get the... Making dances. I, I just can't even... Well, who dances? The kids. <laughs> the kids are all doing these weird dances on the but TikToks. I it's crazy. The dirt, twist. Dirt, dirt, dirt. <laughs> they say do the dumbest thing you can and then you get famous for it. I'm like, or you could be incredibly talented, like Morgan here playing the guitar and singing beautiful songs. Hey, I uh, I filmed my little boy falling into the pool and we made a hundred bucks from one of those reality TV shows. <laughs> right on. Nice. Very good. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Your son's misfortune is is your fortune. Very nice. Uh, well, we'll be back. Uh, I'm going to unplug so that we can listen to some music and you guys can talk amongst yourselves.
Richard Lloyd, former member of television. That is from his album Real Time, believe it or not, recorded live at CBGB. And the track we heard was Pleading, Pleading with Richard Lloyd. Before that, Richard Lloyd as a member of Rocket from the Tombs, their 2011 album Barfly, and we heard the song Anna. We're going to move on now to the sounds of Gillian Welch.
All right, we're back in. We're back in here. Choose poetry, choose life, mutinyradio.fm and .sf. Zooming all the way with people in Glasgow, Scotland, and other places everywhere. That's a big, huge international poetry reading every Wednesday here at high noon, California time. It's uh, 9.20 over there in Party Town, Glasgow. <laughs> The, with the, the the big poetry party, everybody with their delicious wines. I saw uh, Aaron has a, a glass of white. I, I prefer rosé. I feel like it's the wine that says I like to party, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like about rosé. out of a box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the best stuff to make sangria out of. Get that space bag, open it up, add some fruit. Mm -hmm. That's a Saturday, baby. Totally. Franzia, that was called. People say frangia. Is it a frangia? Frangia? You know what I'm Frangipan? Is that what it's called? No, frangipan is a, is like delicious almond flavored thing that you'd put in a yummy dessert treat. But, uh, but no. is frangia. I love frangia. I'm telling yeah, you, I'm, a, I'm on board with this new White Claw stuff. It is Zima rebranded for the millennials. Wait. I haven't heard of this. You don't know about the White Claw? Oh, no. my God. Why Morgan. would anyone drink water ever again when there's White Claw? Like, <laughs> how? Why did they do this to me? I, it's just delicious flavored water. No, it's like Zima. It's just Zima rebranded for the millennials, which is so funny. It's funny they Zima because I actually, on Amazon, just this morning, I looked up Juicy Fruit and whether I could get Juicy Fruit shipped to me because... I can't, I, nowhere in my neighborhood is there juicy fruit for sale. But then I saw that they sell it at Poundland, and I know where there's a Poundland nearby. So, but yeah, like I was like, because all the gum here is, because they're really hyper about sugar in Scotland. Oh. Like if you try to buy a Red Bull or a, like a Monster or like a Rockstar, they, the, you get carded. They'll come over and check your ID. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Because of the sugar. So like, but anyways, yeah. The White Claw. White Claw. So it only has like 80 calories in it, which is brilliant. And it has delicious, it's like flavored water. It's sparkle flavored water with alcohol in it. It's great. It's uh, it's the new thing. All the kids are drinking it. <laughs> Beth says she hates it already. It's it's just, They're it's refreshing. <laughs> They're dancing on TikTok and, drink, TikTok and drinking White Claw. Yeah. Ooh. Are we back? Want to go? Who me? Yeah, I said Andy, but you can go if you want. Oh, uh, either way, is, is Andy back? I want to make sure he's back because uh, I want him to hear my poems today. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> is every are we all back? Everybody's back. Uh huh. Okay, cool. All right. Well, so this is a poem I wrote yesterday. And I don't have a title yet, so if anyone has any ideas for titles, I am down. Stephanie's back in. All right. Uh, okay. If only these moments were grains of sand, instead pearls, far more precious and rarely gleaned, you are a sea. Closed oysters holding maybe gifts, and I don't have a knife, Blunt edges and fulcrum, please open my beer. My everything is open to the blueness beyond seeing. I will look farther. Your eyes are closed. 
What do the kids call it? I'm vibing emo. I lost myself and drowned in your tattoos. Youth, too pretty for words, and I complained of it then. How can the greatest burden of my only regret be lack of gratitude for what was? Fuck hindsight. I'm supposed to be in now without expectation of the forward. Look to the birds of the sky. Without worry, with all faith, they fly. Oh, my prayer on winged smoke, fly to the heavens and grant wishes, that full reverb of feeling, something to collect like pearls. Pearls. I'm all into pearls. I got this, I got this like fetish with God and the Bible and stuff, and I'm always like, pearls before swine, and with, you know. Which is gross, the low sugar or the deep fried Mars bar? Deep fried Mars bars are delicious, and the trick is you have to freeze them before you dip them in the batter, and then you deep fry, because otherwise they go. Uh, so that's the trick there. Uh, okay, so this is, I do these weird things, this flarf thing where I take texts and I redact them and make them into poems. And so I was reading a lot of Marx, because as you do during a global pandemic. Uh, so this is called, What Do We Do With Our Great Men? Present slackness, political assembly of ladies, all American sisters, a circumstance of class, sufficient objects. Across an ocean, we are petty chieftains, ready to risk as a manner of support carry out some usurpation, exchanged by so many the passage of land to mouth. In the beginning small, an old woman burned, refusing from her hut to be expelled by them. Middle-class robbery, possessions, sheep, and murder. Who attains a home? The question of property decided by a few great men. All right. I love Marx because uh, I feel like he was sort of the first feminist without even knowing it in that um, when women have babies, it's called labor, <laughs> but we don't get paid for it. That's so weird to me. Also, we're literally the means of production. Thank you, Marx. We're literally the means of production. Okay. Uh, this is one about catcalling that I wrote. Uh, I've been getting catcalled a lot on the street. And weird things, too. Like, if I'm not wearing my mask, people, because I smoke or whatever, people will be like, show me that pretty mouth. And it means something very different now with everyone wearing masks and stuff. It's been very, people have been yelling at me on the street. It, it, things are getting weird that way. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how that's. Um, okay, objectify for real. Please take her picture. Objectify for real. Those titties can't be fake. Make her flat. 2X double D, a woman without dimension. Just a pussy and a mouth, and what a pretty clam it is. Chapstick juicy, wrapped those moisturized lips around my cock. She will slide out the rim of your Polaroid. Finally, permission to shake that bitch. Shake that booty girl, can I get a sniff? She exists for your amusement. Just a ride. Let's let everyone on and take a picture at the splash. Okay, 
One last one. I'm going to keep it real light. I'm going to change from this uh, this strange feminist stuff, and we're going to go real light here on the end. This is a children's story I wrote, and I'm always looking for an artist, if anyone knows any artists. And it's all about poop, because poop is funny. Uh, it's called Where Do I Go Potty? Slimy worms poop in the ground after eating dirt they found. But where do I go potty? Little mice go in the walls. Tiny poops, so black and small. But where do I go potty? Pigeons poopy when they fly, mess mommy's windshield from the sky. But where do I go potty? When Mr. Kitty has to poop, he goes in litter that we scoop. But where do I go potty? My doggy Sam goes without trouble. Daddy picks it up with shovel. But where do I go potty? Cows plop their mess into the pasture, making vegetables grow faster. But where do I go potty? I've seen monkeys at the zoo get real mad and throw their poo. But where do I go potty? Enormous whales go in the sea. They have poops as big as me. <laughs> but where do I go potty? Here. Here's where I go potty. I use the toilet big and white. I flush my own poop every night. And even in the day, you see. And everyone is proud of me. Yay, no more diapers. Yay. Okay. So I've trained a couple of kids, potty trained them on that rhyme. And, and that's a rhyme. I, I feel like it's my million-dollar rhyme that someday... I'm going to, you know. But thank you for listening to my poems this week. Yay. Yay. Wait, did it, like, go away for all you guys? Did what go away? Well, my computer just fully, like, crapped out. Did you guys, did it stay? The meeting stayed for you guys? I'm still here with you. Did everyone else go away? No, everyone's here. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Pam. No, I'm done. Oh, I'm done. No, no, no. I was just uh, just the children's story. and because I disconnect from the Zoom meeting, and I'm the one that's, like, hosting it for my account. That it was over. Yes. All right. So you're done. Talk. Send me what you read. Okay, so the next would be France. Are you still here? Hi. Welcome. Uh, oh, I'm just going to move into the other room because uh, my washing machine's on the spin cycle. I can't hear myself. Uh, I thought you can hear me as well. Um, I'm introduce you to this guy. We do some poems on him. Then I'll bust the bus. Uh, Everyone know what the Mohs hardness scale is? It's a way of identifying minerals. Um, it's a hierarchy of hardness. Um, gypsum and calcite are at the bottom. Uh, gypsum and calcite, another word for them is alabaster, which is incidentally what that um, bus that resembles me is made out of. Just want to let you know that because this, the idea behind this poem is uh, it's a dace track or, or a diss track. You can pun there if you want it. Pedestals, dace, whatever. Um, that's quite clever. But uh, yeah, it's a diss track uh, taken from rap. Yeah, it should be self-explanatory. 
someone pointed out that I should tell people that beforehand because me just saying that I'm alabaster over and over again sounds like I'm a white supremacist, but it's about the lowest trying to get power back from the highest. When I were granite, I gobbled grain like a gannet, but now I'm alabaster, millstone, I'm wheat, and your chaff. You've all the class and gravitas of a gravel drive. You do languish in the garden center, stranded amidst the water features. You're your own albatross, milestone to my progress because I'm alabaster. I'm alabaster. When I was sand, stone, I too built castles to the seas, moat, and believe me when I say I don't like to gloat, but the tide turns and I am returned alabaster. Now you are the pernickety picnicker's worst nightmare. You are the shameful reminding each of the lover's gritty amorous sandwich. Or you do chortle in your glass girdle as you put eggs to yolk. Emery board does finer work, sound blaster for you, scour graffiti from the walls of council estates. Whilst I greet visitors ensconced in the nerds of noble estates. Because I'm alabaster. I'm alabaster, but I'm not too good for you. See, when I was slate, I cut wood with the best, but now I'm alabaster, you too. We both get dug up, but my display case gets more footfall because on the bell of the museum, ball from antique Greece to ancient Rome, neoclassical exhibitions ensconced within gentry wall. No stone is so deified as me, except arguably for that marvellous wannabe lap dancer of the Louvre. Let me tell you something. When I were an aspirational plinth hopper, I were forced to kiss the bare soles of illegitimate pilgrims' feet. Now I gaze from cathedral's vaulted peak at those poor bastards' bald and pates and your stripey flooring. Where is your Michelangelo now, kitchen work surface? Although you have no hands and therefore no might to smite back at those that may cause me contusions and so be placed above me on the Moors' hardness scale of mineral hardness, that hierarchy you surely understand is holy speeches. Merely a man made means of identification through discrimination, because I'm as hard as nails, mate. I worked my way up through metamorphic force majeure and damn You can call it DSX machina or strategy applied. One cannot deny that I have arrived. Although it is all for naught, isn't it? In the final analysis for all is vanity. And aren't we all? destined to be one part of that final, post-apocalyptical, recombobulated, cosmic, molten group. <laughs> and yet, I reached the apogee, and you were Pope. And this is the way that the bourgeoisie go. Establish the limits, set up the goals for the householders. I didn't make the rules. I just cash. That's the, that's that one. If I've got more time, I've got like two more poems based on the theme of Alabaster I'd like to test out just to see what, what you think. So uh, I'm going to go and retire in there because I think um, the spin cycle stopped. So um, this next poem uh, uh, is about 
fact that I was told about Alabasta and Marble, apparently, well, I won't tell, I won't spoil the surprise, it's, it's written in the, in the poem, so if the report doesn't explain itself, there's no point in doing it, so, um, it's about this little chap here, uh, a bit of a resemblance to him, structurally wise, with the, uh, with the ignoble forehead and the, um, the fetlocks and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's called Gloveless. After visiting the British Museum, I meet a man who tells me alabaster absorbs fingerprints. That's why curators wear cotton gloves. I think of all the times I've handled you, gloveless, all those fingerprints broke up by your thin, semi-permeable flesh. My careless remarks, your headache. Could a forensic psychologist smash you up in your head and identify me? Or was it simply a figure of speech I simply accepted at face value? Still, I'm sorry for touching you. The sebaceous cysts that crawl, the knotted migraines that pool, like a tenuous metaphor as I try to get my head around it, the sense we made. But I'm just as clueless as you. And it's done. I just realised that there's a little bit of a, there's a double meaning there at the end, isn't there, about clueless? If it, if it, if it absorbs all the fingerprints, there's no way it will identify me. I also kind of just realised reading that through that it could be a metaphor for domestic abuse, but uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, however, if, if the bust represents me, then I guess I'm in I'm the one who's I'm domestically abusing, which makes sense. Um, I'm Francis Golm, BA, MA. PGCSE, PTSD, BIDSTI. It'd be offensive if it wasn't true, and it wouldn't be funny if it was just a little bit more. Oh, so um, I should come with a trigger warning. I don't know why I offend people. Um, when I say things like, I could never kill myself, I'm shit at DIY, people just assume that maybe it's I have a fucking fantastic life and I've never considered topping myself, but it's not fucking true. So I think I'm allowed to say things like that. However, this is called, uh, this is Alabastids, and it's the last one that I'll leave you on. And this, I wrote this and it was, um, it was going to be, I wrote like a really earnest poem. And someone said, I don't want that from you. I want something that nobody else could write. So the original was kind of, have you ever been to the British Museum? When you uh, enter it, it's, it's this glowing white, huge vestibule. It's like um, a glowing white uh, palazzo with these interlinked um, girders. It looks a little bit like the waiting room of DMT trip, if you've been in one of them. And in the right-hand corner is this um, white ir uh, black iris. Like a, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's designed to draw you in, so you walk through there. It's like the only kind of entrance to go into. And as your eyes adjust to the light, um, you realize that you're in this room that's made out of mahogany. Um, the walls are mahogany. Was mahogany, uh, the plinths are mahogany, the, the air is kind of like mahogany. And I was, um, and then these four, four like images, like these busts come out at you. Um, but I was told that I wasn't allowed to write that kind of poem because it's not for me to say. So um, I've, I've kind of tweeted it. Uh, this is where we find out whether I've crossed the line. Alabastids. Four faces emerge like Polaroids like energy saver light bulbs, like answers on a magic eight ball, very slow. The features of Sir Hans Sloan, 
alongside three more. Three alabasters mounted in a row. Two male, two pale, two stale. Their blazons read three white men. Three white doyles, you snarl to Psyche, for she is here too amongst them, like a non-sequitur to spot on a Mensa test. Psyche, nameless, Romanesque, 2,000 years old, woman, woman with a capital W. Alongside three relatively recent Englishmen who bought and sold this world and everything in it. Three utter doyles, you ejaculate to the room as much as yourself. You push the heads, push, flash, Flush, they crack like crockery pots. Fuck this rogues gallery, you exhort, for the benefit of your vegan Tinder dates with the problematic dreadlocks and the ancient Egyptian artifacts. Which is Sekhmet, lion face goddess. She purrs. Fuck's sake. So you tip her. Smash. Ptolemy One is there. He purses his duck lips like a dick. Fucking one-armed, motherfucking-looking bandit. You push him off to Park. Oh, we haven't come too far in two millennia, have we? Ptolemy One manages to wince as he scatters into fragments. Vanity still undercuts the best of us. What are you trying to say, like? You query. What you trying to say? You request as you stamp out his face. Now for the Elgin marbles, but they're too big. So instead you strip the Japanese tapestries of the Ming dynasty and strip, wrap yourself in a kimono, like a silkworm in a haiku, and then trudge to the mummy mons at mausoleum. Unwrap delicately the preserved remains of the mummy with the Toblerone shaped moves and retire to the restroom. And that's when Ho, the Easter Island head, emboldened by yet another IMDb credit and a recent terrestrial TV repeat on, of Night of the Museum, tackles you. Ho is so over your bullshit. We get blokes like you done out with their privilege all the time, mate. Trying to make a name of themselves. Not today. Meanwhile, the fallen three, the anachronisms you topples, lie much like your broken teeth on the checkered stone floor, only bloodless. So imagine there, if, if, if I had like a plate and I had a cake on it and I've just eaten the, eaten the cake and, and the cake's still on there, it's like I get to like attack everyone and white men, being a white man, I can do that. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> wow, I love how you've like you've used your square to like the whole of your square to full effect. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess next, Holly, are you ready? Holly, hello. 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 <laughs> um. Oh, I feel really echoey. I hope I'm not. Um, so I only have one poem to read this week. Um, I am part of a 
experimental poetry um, course group thing and we get little assignments and my assignment and uh, for the next session was to write a poem in the style of a instruction manual so it's similar to the one that we heard earlier nowhere near as good um so yeah i've wrote it this week this is the only thing i've written recently so i'm just gonna read it's called how to mend a broken heart gather the fragments together using caution not to cut yourself i suggest wearing gloves as heart fragments may be sharp if this is a clean break this should not be too difficult two three pieces max however if it's a particularly bad break or perhaps the second or third time of breaking this may be more difficult Pieces may be particularly small, fragile. Some may have cr been crushed or be missing altogether. 1A. If this is the case, missing pieces may be substituted for other things. For best results, use natural materials, small twigs, sea glass, shell from the eggs of the blackbird or song thrush. Clear or stained glass and or ceramics may be used and once bonded, give an attractive mosaic effect. Plastic is durable, but can often lead to indigestion. Two, once you have all your fragments, the most difficult part is the reassemblage. I suggest beginning with the ventricles, as these are usually the easiest pieces to identify, then work down, fitting fragments as you locate them. This may take a long time, potentially years if done properly, depending on the extent of the damage. Take your time and do the job well. Unlike, for example, a broken bone, the mending of a heart is an intricate process that, if rushed, can have serious implications for your future health. Three, once the fragments of your heart, including any substitutions, are reassembled, you must bind to protect against future heartbreak. This can be done in various ways with various materials and bonding agents, some of which work better than others. I would caution against using strong adhesive or concrete. Side effects may include becoming hard-hearted although many do find this method preferable. I suggest using something that appeals to your sensibilities. Papier-mâché is a popular choice. Many use photographs of their children and or other family and friends. Those of a poetic nature often use pages of books. Fans of travel may use maps. Black adhesive vinyl gives a smooth finish, which appeals to those of a goth, punk, emo or hipster persuasion. Those with a more convivial nature have been known to use glitter, nail varnish, or bubblegum. Four, once your heart is reassembled and bonded, place carefully back inside the chest cavity. Make sure to line up with the ascending aorta and left coronary artery. The smaller veins and arteries should reattach naturally over time. Four A, continue to treat your heart with care as it may still be fragile for some time. Five, warning. Never return your heart into the care of the person who broke it in the first place. Thank you. Oh, if only everyone followed that advice. Well, by everyone, <laughs> by everyone I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, to Beth or Andy, who wants to go last? Uh, I'll go now. That's cool. <laughs> Um, cool. So yeah, I haven't um, I haven't read these yet before out loud. Um, can everyone hear me? All right though. 
Where is he? Is that yes? Sweet. That was you. Um, yeah, cool. And I have a very noisy chair as well. Apologies for that. Um, yeah, so I've got three. I've got two short ones, then I'm going to finish with the one that I wrote today. Um, yeah, um, so this one was, um, I can't remember the name. It's when you write a piece based on a photograph. Um, none of these have titles, but yeah. I was just trying to do something new because I hadn't. That's the one. I should have known that. I should have known that. I did a, a thing at the fringe with that. Um, yeah, so um, this is that. Uh, none of these have titles. Sunlight kisses shoulder blades as butterflies searching for the morning air escapes your chest. That doesn't make sense. Starting that again. Should have practiced. Didn't. Fucked it. Sunlight kisses shoulder blades as butterflies searching for the morning air escape your chest, gliding their way over your skin. And I, still half asleep, breathe my first deep breath of the day. Knowing how fortunate I am to be here, to watch this dance each and every day we wake. Yeah, I'll probably add shit to that. I don't know. Um, awesome, I've lost the other one. So well prepared. No, this is the right one. The right one. Um, yeah, so this one, um, I was just trying to find random prompts online. Um, and uh, this one was just about two strangers. Um, I haven't finished it yet. This is just like a little, little start there. The trick, he told me, was establishing a connection. Catching the eye when theirs move up from the headlines to the room from the phone to the counter, from the menu to the waiter. Catch the eye, but don't stare for too long. Don't be too obvious. It sends entirely the wrong message and makes for a short and uncomfortable Monday morning coffee experience. Trust me, that's not how you want to start your week. Um, and this last one is a bit longer. Um, make sure I've got these in the right order. Um, yeah, sweet. Um, so this last one, I can't remember the prompt, um, but I wrote it today. There's two different versions of it. Um, right, I think two seconds. I'm just going to read this. Sorry, I'm not being ignorant. Yeah, it does come across like, so I think AJ's just said that it comes across as like sinister and like, that's the thing, like it can and it, it does, like, I agree, but like, I'm not sure I want it to. Like, I think I want to, I'm just talking shit here, um, get the perspective of the person that they're watching. Um, I don't know, I'm, I had fun writing it, um, but yeah, it, it does sound... A bit sinister. Um, yeah, so anyway. I talked way too much. Um, 
Right, this again doesn't have a title as I've said about 20 times. Um, yeah, I can't remember the prompt. Yes, I can. I'll explain after. By moonlight, sleep is her only refuge. Each night, shedding her shackles and spreading her wings with the hope to once again learn to fly. The dawn comes quicker than she'd like, but in that moment, those fleeting seconds walking the line between the dream time and waking world, that fading blur of an out-of-focus reality, she is free. It's in the time of the sun that she finds the struggle. Always the same. Force a smile, fake intimacy, feign interest, keep up appearances. But still, she shines. Though she may not be aware of it, though she doesn't see it, eyes fixed firmly to the floor, while the soul reaches for the sky, longs once again to soar. Emily Dickinson said that hope is the thing with feathers. But what good are feathers when you spend your days clipping your own wings? What good are wings when you've locked the windows, fixed bars to keep you in, thrown away the key, are too afraid to fly, forgotten the feel of freedom or the kiss of the wind? The cage. The bird. She is both. Chooses to remain one, forgetting. She was born to be the other. Thanks. You just muted yourself. Okay. Beth, close it out, sister. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Okay. I've got an older one and a couple of newer ones for you tonight. Um, those of you who are friends with me on Facebook, you will know. I hope you'll indulge me. This is called The Lady Laura. You were made of steel and steam. Built, dockside, strong and solid, facing down life's blast. A wall of defence built by hands turned and burned with care, pulled down in the dark. You braced into the wind while all blew about you, one storm after another like a lifetime. Ebb and flow. I don't know how. Oh. Okay, what did you lose? Tell me what you lost. Um, I would just say go from the beginning again, oh, if okay. that's okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's not a long piece. Um, but did you hear me say why I'm reading it, yeah? No. No. Okay. So those of you who know me, 
I like you know, uh, Sue, Holly and Andy and uh, AJ and Stephanie. I know that this morning I put a picture of my daughter when my daughter was very little. It was my grandma. Um, today is a day for missing people that um, that are lost to me. I've been to see about a memorial today for somebody. Um, so my grandma was very dear to me and I need to speak her name. So I hope that you'll indulge me. Um, with this first one, it's called The Lady Laura, and it's the first thing, thing I wrote after I wrote her eulogy. You were made of steel and sea, built dockside, strong and solid, facing down life's blasts, a wall of defence, built by hands turned and burned with care, pulled down in the dark. You braced into the wind while all blew about you, one storm after another like a lifetime. Ebb and flow, full and drop sail, finally cut loose when it was almost too late. I have seen you soften though, in childish delight, laughing until your face shed the years of your bones and lined up with your soul, and those hands again, gently warm, made safe harbour from my storms. Enough to remind me, my keel bones come from so far north that I too am Gerda Hold. Um, uh, during this, I don't know, can we call it lockdown now? Like, are we not really locked, like left on the latch? I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, but trying to embrace, uh, I've been trying to uh, embrace the word prolific. I get called prolific and I find it a very difficult word. And so I've been trying for some time to try and write about why it's problematic. So this with... Um, uh, thanks to my brother Ken, who is not here this evening, is called Lexically Fecund. Prolific is the things that grow into my house that will that they will not tell me how to solve. It's the oversped time lapse, the one where you get not just the flower but the bloom of decay. It is the nightmares, the creeping skin, the leaves and stones that come from within. The hairs requiring removal, the things I cannot stop, the mould in the night that screams that I think everyone can see. It is the voice that whispers, I've seen it. Nothing good, fungus on dead wood, moist fingers that point to quality is more important than quantity, and yet still it keeps coming. Pro-life. I am back, happy for what is green and growing in its proper place, happy for love and growth, happy for the living of it, very much in favour of the living of it. But in words suggests a tongue that won't stop running and a pen that writes alone, speaking nonsense until the ink runs dry. The emetic pushing out something new driven by fear of coming up empty. It is everything annoying. I always feared I am. This is this poem going on and on. So I hope to blossom, not to mushroom. 
make space for all the words to bloom. And if I grow more than before, then that proliferation I will own. Um, my, my lesser one tonight, those of us who are of a certain age, and that certain age is old enough to see your favourite bands reform and start touring again. <laughs> uh, my favourite uh, band split up when I was in my late 20s, um, early 30s, I think, probably, and I was gutted because I'd never been to, never was able to go and um, see them live. No, not Banana Rama, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, and so when they reformed, I was so stoked. I was so happy, and I went to see them when they were on tour that first time. And um, last couple of years ago, I went to hear them with the people I should have gone and heard them with 20 years ago. Um, it took a year of planning because we've all got like jobs and kids and stuff. Um, but we made it. Um, this is inspired by a book in 2013 by Leanne Moden, 